The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Britain. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this woman? You are leaving high on Mr. Stark. Because we're live. Hello and welcome to the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> and that voice you heard doing the improvisation during the intro is the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, Agent Underscore 70. What's up, everybody? I wasn't a terrible beatboxer in my time. <laughs> so, so that next remix. Well, you know what? We're coming up on three hundred episodes, so we, we might need a, a, a beatbox, a, a beatbox version of the of the theme. So we know what we're gonna do. We probably won't do that, but nevertheless, folks, I am your host, Roddy Cats, and I um yeah, I guess I'm hosting tonight. <laughs> And you can find Agent Underscore 70 at Agent Underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. You can find myself at RoddyCat on Twitter, at NewsNerdsNeed on Twitter. You can find me at uh, CBCaps on Instagram. Uh, you can go to the, the NewsNerdsNeed uh, Reddit also. You can And you can find our absentee hosts um one PCN underscore dirt on Twitter which he yeah um even though he said he wasn't going to be but nevertheless he's still not there. Um Pop Culture Net on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, I need comics.com, new that new new comics uh net new choice mail, excuse me, dot com. And whatever the vine equivalent will be uh, the coming this spring, because I guess that's right. something. Um, also not with us tonight, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. Uh, CB Cron on Twitter. The Click Nation on Twitter. That's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N and theclicknation.com. Plus... You can go find him over on Comic Book Resources right in his face off. Go check out his stuff there. You can check out this here show on the CSPN Network. That's the Cold Slither Podcast Network, CSPN.us. Do it, Do it today. Exactly. Uh, you can also find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, uh, and the Cold Slither uh, podcast Network's SoundCloud page. And last but not least, which I'm hoping this link is working, shop.cspn.us where you can go there and uh, go get some merch from this here podcast or other podcasts. If not, you can go to cspn.us. And with that, ladies and art germs, we are going to start with the comic books of the week. Yay! Starting off, yes, indeed. Starting off with uh, Doctor Strange number ten slash uh, number four four hundred. Yes, sir. That's right, the four hundredth issue, which of 
Doctor Strange, which I could have sworn does probably more than that, but now that I think about it, there hasn't been, in the long run, hasn't been that many Doctor Strange um, um, ongoings. Right, I think the ongoings had fairly decent-sized runs, but mm-hmm. we're not talking about some of the, the longer-lasting runs in comic book history. So it seems like it's a low number, but in reality, it's probably right there, you know, right where it is. Well, definitely the first run was probably the longest run, and then everything after that, because uh, there hasn't really been that many. And, um, you know, there's been a couple of minis here and there, you know, right from the, from the good doctor. But... What do we think about this one? This was a, a jam-packed issue. I had a lot of fun reading this because it definitely involved different aspects of the character's history. The primary story was interesting because it brings back the ancient one who we last saw at the end of the previous issue. Um, you know, weakened, and now we understand why. Right. And apparently, um, which is the ongoing message from this and the last volume, is that magic has a price. Right. And, and apparently, in this issue, we found out that not only has a it has a price, but apparently, there are we, bean counters. Yes. Right. There's literal bean counters. Yeah, I was about to say because I said in my notes IRS, but technically there are more, like you said, bean counters, accountant types, and they even say so in the course of the uh, in the course of the issue. Right. So, and I'm so I'm thinking to myself, where were these people when magic was getting destroyed uh, in the last volume? Honestly, that's a that's an excellent question. That's definitely something that would be like a no prize question. Yeah, in the letter section, uh, I'm wondering if that won't come up because I, I kind of want cause, no, because I was about to say because um, I kind of want because obviously you know that was Aaron's run on the on the deal and his take was you know was that science was was uh, take you know science versus magic basically mm-hmm. uh, uh, and in this case Wade is like you know. Right, but then if you think about it, when magic when when magic and sources of magic were being destroyed, mm-hmm. wouldn't it just be addressed by the accountants as uh, a low point in revenue or a low point in their accounting numbers? You would and think it really wouldn't. You know, it really doesn't affect them how much magic there is. Actually, it would though, because if you think about it, if they're charged with because even in the course of this book, uh, in the course of this issue, they're basically just like, well, we got people trying to, you know. Trying to get collection back, right. yeah. Trying to get collection back from what is owed to them. So if there is no magic, you would think to be like, well, and these people can't get quote unquote paid. So you would think that was something like that would have come up. And we, well, I was about to say we don't know yet if it won't because that's true. we are really in the early stages of being introduced to. You know, this has been teased for the better part of, you know, two runs. Although I think Wade's run is expanding upon what Aaron had established as the cost of magic. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, you know, here we are literally in the office of the accountants and they're looking to collect everything that Dr. Strange owes to some of the, um, the, the bigger forces of magic yes. in the universe that he has uh, used and abused for eons for well, not eons for decades at this point right right but he did now they did wait I'm trying to remember if they did actually call yeah because he did 
well, he calls back to the first issue of this volume in saying that he was the one that they were the ones who took away his magic because of the fact that um, he was behind. Yeah, he was using a lot of it and not paying paying what he owed. So in in that, and I want to say there might have been a throwaway line in there going back to. Actually, it wasn't. It was basically going back to the first issue, but it wasn't so much going back to Aaron's run. But still, you could you can kind of allude to the fact that it, it plays in, I guess. I mean, if you want to go that far, sure. But uh, but regardless, I you know that that was the um, that was the main story, and that's kind of and that's going as uh, Agent Seventy said, that's going that's an ongoing thing. Then we get a couple of uh, oh, we, I guess we um, endure. Well, before we move, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say before we move on, hold on to your thought. Before we move on from the primary issue, primary story, um, Jesus Saiz's art. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, it's yes. it, it continues to impress. Yes, indeed. You are right about that. Um, and I was also going to mention not so much the art, but in, during the course of the story, we, we um, not only do we found out how uh, the magic is being paid or well, being collected at this point, which, mm-hmm. you know, but we also find out that some of that um, Strange's friends from, uh, from uh, a recent past and obviously, you know, uh, all the way past have uh, been put in the way of this. Uh, also, not missing, which I guess maybe there's probably a reason back for it is Clea. Hmm. But again, you know, I, if, during the course of the story, who knows that she may come up next, especially who we find out comes into play at the end of this, uh, at the end of that uh, story. But um, it was good to see, you know, like Wong and kind of and and Zelma back for for a brief moment. Sure, because they'd only just recently kind of left the book, right? So it's not, you know, it's not, uh, you know, it's not too surprising that they would be the ones primarily reintroduced in this issue. Mm-hmm. And I guess the one last thing I was going to say was like there was a weird and the the last page uh, of that of the story was kind of reminiscent of uh, damnation. Weirdly enough, hmm. it was like, wait, we back here again, except for it's you know all over the place to a point. So, all right. And you were saying you you were going to mention something? Yeah. Else? So I was going to mention that we got um, just real quickly. Oh yeah, and there's a creature made of cinnabons. But um <laughs> I thought that was interesting. But uh yeah, so we get like three backstories, you know, from uh, Strange's past. One of which was kind of uh I guess seemed right for an uh, an anti-bullying those one of those anti-bullying uh issues that they would that they used to do. Sure. Um that they probably could have gone well there, which I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't one that should have been there but didn't make the cut at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the other couple of them is, well, actually, I think the one other one of note was the one from the early days of Doctor Strange when he was uh, just starting with the the ancient one. So apparently, we find out that, um, and spoiler for this, I guess that um, the uh, really spoiler alert. I love. Uh, is but it isn't but so because uh steven was being such a dick 
<laughs> we that that's what caused Mordo to uh, to go full evil to uh, to finally show his evil colors. Apparently, which I thought was a kind of kind of amusing. I'm like, okay, that's, that's one way to spin that. I'm like, well, okay, this you know, yeah, that's a bit of a retcon. Uh, I I got a kick out of the ancient ones final instruction or, or, or first instruction uh-huh. to Dr. Strange as uh, as his apprentice. Make me a better breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And he was like, alright, cool. Bet. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. That was hysterical. Yeah, I thought that was pretty 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 neat also. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was um, Doctor was Doctor Strange uh, 10 slash 400. It was, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Oh, by the way, I yes. really like that nightmare story. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's that's uh, as I dubbed it, nightmares nightmare. Which sure makes sense, you know. Like what? <laughs> what would nightmare be thinking of when uh, when when um, when he sleeps? Which is never, you know. Exactly. Which is supposedly never. So. Right. I thought I you know it, it took me a second to kind of uh, to think about whether or not that's actually part of the character. I didn't have a chance to look it up. Right. But it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, yeah, and I thought about it too. I was like, "Huh, that's that's an interesting turn. I would like to see something full fledged out of that. Like, what if what if Stephen turned well, quote unquote, not turned evil, but turned the tables on on, on Nightmare or something? So mm-hmm. that was cool. All right. Uh, so I guess we've rung that one out. Uh, the next one we're going to go to is the big event book for the week. And that would be Heroes in Crisis number five. All right. So, well, we can always start with what PCN underscore Dirt thought about it, which is, hmm. huh? That was his re- his reaction. Yeah. Was, huh? That is, that and, is. And, and we understand why to a certain extent. To a certain extent, yeah. So, yeah, this this is what would be deemed as the. Dark middle chapter, I guess. I don't know. It's not not necessarily that dark, except for um, you know, whatever. I guess when it gets around to uh, Superman's uh, speech, which I thought was pretty good and actually slightly timely. Mm. Uh, you know, which I wouldn't be. Which is one not the first book this week to kind of like I feel like has that message in it, or has a, a a message in it like that, right? Um. Now, whether that was intentional or not, or, or or it just so happened to fit the story, you know, but you can kind of tell from from some speech service. I feel like there was some some real life pokings that that was done during the course of uh, Superman's speech, which happens, you know, sure in, in sure. people's writings. But to get to the, the crux of the matter, so Booster Gold and and uh, <laughs> the Blue Beetle, aka Ted Cord, which will apparently find out who he actually is alive. Um, they're brawling it out and decide to have this dumbass plan, which is a plan that that happened before, but apparently it works this time. <laughs> so that's one part, and then you know, of course, you get the nine panels with the people still doing the the uh, sanctuary. A couple of uh, one of which I had no idea who that was. Who's that protector? Uh, that one was one of them. Also, Solstice. I didn't know who who. That I don't was. know who Solstice was. Yeah, protector was protector was, and I think we talked about it the first time. Probably. He appeared in this, 
Uh, he was in the Keebler uh, Say No to Drugs New Teen Titans book. Which is why, okay, that makes sense, which is why he kept saying, you know, what he was saying. And the only reason he was created is because I think they didn't have licensing for Robin, or they couldn't use, or they wanted to create a a Robin-like character Mm. for for the book, so... They should have used Arsenal. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) I'm joking. That would have been too much uh, backstory for uh, little kids like me to understand, because I remember hearing that book in school. Right. So, so yeah. So, and Commander Steel, which you know, if you watch Legends of Tomorrow, you can see a version of that character there. And I, I was kind of felt sorry for him during the course of his nine panels. It was like, yeah, but I died and came back and died again and came back and died. I don't know. I don't know what him. <laughs> it might not stick. I don't know who cares. I'm not <laughs> basically self pitying. You know himself. It must be tough being a B or C level hero, you know. Yeah. In the DC universe, especially with all the different crises. Yeah, Ice Booster Gold, um, who's seeming to be having his own issues. But apparently, we found out, um, and which might be where the hunk comes in from 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 dirt. I don't know, but um, there's seeming to be introducing some a time element, right? With a character that has... So spoiler alert. Place. Yeah. Yes. So that might be the thing that turns this thing around. Right. So my notes from this book are, you know, basically, you know, we have the, the, the DC Trinity minus one because he doesn't do press. Yes. Um, you know, they think that they have to reassure the public and let them know why the heroes need a facility to take care of their mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, and we also finally get a clue. This is what Roddy Cat was just referring to as to what may have really happened during the massacre at the sanctuary. So it's a big clue. Um, it has something to do with time and time travel. So we may not have seen the last of some of these characters who died. Which... You know, given the fact that and we spoke about the solicits, uh, solicitation from April of last week, uh, we didn't necessarily go into with that, but definitely has mentioned, uh, has alluded. No, actually, we kind of did in the news, but kind of alluded to some things that we were kind of wondering about, you know, or at least I was wondering about when from seeing that. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to get little crumbs about where that could possibly go. I believe so. So that being the case, um, yeah, there's really not much else to, to say. Like that Superman's speech, you know, was 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 a interesting speech, and like I said, it, it felt like that there was some there could have been a some real life parallel notes in there mm-hmm. to go by in there. So during that part. Um, when the speech was going on, so we kept seeing, as I said, look what looks to be pages from other people's comics, which could be in a couple of cases because I mean it did because you saw Mister Terrific and seemingly in, you know, although he was being beset by swords, so I don't know what's going over and uh, going on in Terrific's. Uh, I look like ninjas, happen. yeah, he's right, exactly confronted by ninjas. So I, I was like, I don't know if something like that is going on in Terrific's, which actually came out this week, but I haven't read. Um, <laughs> 
In fact, I am. I have an Indian break. I need to catch it up. Anyway, uh, and a, and a few other panels with other heroes, or you know, a couple of which I have no idea who they were, because it was the one where the there was a the woman with the sword that was like they was facing down about to face down a dragon near a castle. I think that's supposed to be. It doesn't look like Wonder Woman, but that's Wonder Woman's spiel. She's the one speaking. Was she? Yeah. She's the one speaking because she's behind the podium next to uh Well, yeah, Superman. but I thought Superman was so the only switched. one giving the speech. So they switch. My understanding is that they basically switch places because you got to look at the speech patterns. Huh. Okay. Well, that changes it a little bit, but that still doesn't change the the fact that the the, the, the comic panels thing. Because I was like, okay, mm-hmm. what, what is all this going on? Like, is this stuff something they're going to bring up, or are they just which you know given you know, how cinematics work, that, that just seems to be like, well, you know what, he's doing the speech and, you know, how in some movies where there's a speech going on and you, you cut to other scenes going on of things going on, or I right. guess more often in, in TV uh, in TV shows or whatever. You might be right, though. It might be Superman reading that as well, because it doesn't look like they ever change places. Right, because, you know, and I think the only reason that was all the other times, like, when... um Diana puts her hand on her shoulder. That, like mm-hmm. I don't remember her saying anything. And usually, when they do something like that, they would have like colored the text box or something to kind of distinguish. So it didn't seem like they didn't they they did any of that mm-hmm. in this case. But who knows? We don't know. Um. But yeah, overall, it's 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 still going. It's um. Oh yeah, there was a Superman's friends message a uh, uh, reference from us Superman mm-hmm. during the course of that speech. What I thought was, I was like, all right, that was that was nice. <laughs> that was a nice touch. Just had to throw that in there. Um, but I think that's it. Outside of yeah, Booster Cole's dumb, <laughs> <laughs> but apparently he's you know he may may or may not be exonerated from his his um contribution to, to what he to, to what does right. he may be right he may be ultimately exonerated from what he's accused of because everyone thinks he's one of the two primary suspects mm-hmm. and the other one who is um, about to bash his head in before he before this revelation of his so anyway we will move on now to let's see I should oh you didn't read the exiles no. Is it the last issue? It is the last issue. Um, Go ahead and spoil. I'm just going to read it in bulk, probably. Okay. So, I, I won't spoil it too much. Basically, it is it, it wraps up. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so what I'm talking about is Exiles number 12. Um, there we go. Putting it there. Blop. So where so this is basically the the end of uh, the the end of the the story f- seemingly for now. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously they do that so you know somebody else comes and takes over the book and may want to do something with them. Um, the the unseen was being held captive by some rogue watchers. I have in my notes and I quote: uh, "The unseen is being held by rogue watchers who fear change. It's as if they wish to gate the progress of others. Some sort of gators." Huh. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, there was a nice uh, 90s X-Men reference that was in there. And, uh, you know, some things. Uh, it pretty much wraps up. I don't want to say fairly neat, because in true Exiles fashion, someone 
you know, someone um, takes it for the greater good. Mm. But overall, you know, it um, it wraps up pretty neatly to um, you know to 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 to, to end the Solid Edge run. That much I will say for anybody. Okay. So you should check it out. It's a, it's a it's a nice read, and there's even there's even a good little bit of um, good news that you wouldn't think they would have um, mentioned in, during the course of it. So there is that. Okay, you're gonna have to read it to find out. Yes, and I dare say no, I'm not gonna do it because because that would be kind of a spoiler if I did that. Um, actually, no, I am going to do this though. We both read Miss Marvel number 37. Sure. Let's do that one. Now, you and I both have loved this book. Since, sure. Since its inception. And I can safely say that this issue would, is uh, no exception to that. Even it's though. Yeah, even though. I mean, I, I say right up front in my notes uh, it's a nice issue with, the fair, with fairly low stakes. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. Well, low, yes, but at the same time, it is also, it's not necessarily a day in the life, but it's also Kamala going through some things that she's never gone through before, going through something, going through a challenge. Sure. You know, before she even puts on a suit, which I thought was was uh, was interesting. And then, at, you know, going from that, I was like, well, okay, maybe she's not going to put it on the suit and it's just going to be her and uh, them doing this. But nope. The suit comes on. She still has to, to just deal with some superhero stuff, but it, then it goes back to some some real life, quote unquote, real life things in her world. Um, right. It's interesting that the super. It's interesting that the supervillain in the story isn't one. His public works. Is, right. Isn't one that's created out of thin air. It's one that uh, is a result of uh, the degradation of our infrastructure. Right. Um, this is a real life problem that exists in Jersey City, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, folks on the East Coast, especially uh, folks in the tri-state area, are going to understand um, these stories that come straight out of Jersey City when it comes to flooding and flooding due to uh, burst sewage pipes and water pipes. So this was uh, straight out of G. Willow Wilson's real life, you know, yes. out of the real life of uh, Jersey City residents. So. Um, you know, I, I, I found it, you know, an amusing commentary on at least one aspect of the real world that we can all agree on is that, you know, our infrastructure is crumbling people. Yes. Um, so this is the penultimate issue of her run on Miss Marvel. Mm -hmm. So we are gearing up for one last big blowout, which is five years. The next issue is going to mark five years. Yep. Of this Marvel being in print, so that's pretty cool. Absolutely, and uh, as as you said, um, the the end of G. Willow Wilson's run. Then, which I I said, if it had gone out on this issue, I wouldn't have been too mad about it. But at the same time, I it just this um, this issue story just re- makes me realize how much I'm going to miss her on here. Sure, you know, sure because she definitely had. Uh, the super heroics in there, but so much of the family and the interconnectivity yes. of all these different characters was front and center or at least shared 
uh, the spotlight with the superhero activity. So, you know, and it even got to a point where, you know, her, uh, her friends who, you know, basically stepped in as, as Ms. Marvel for a little while as, as pseudo Ms. Marvel's for a little while, while she was on a hiatus, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, even they got, the, you know, even they got some shine in the spotlight. So yeah, it's been a great balance. And I hope that, uh, Saladin Ahmed doesn't change that aspect of the book mm. where the supporting cast plays just as much of a role in the book as Kamala Khan's superheroics do. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. And apparently what we see at the end of this book, um, they're, they're, yeah. I, and I don't know, I kind of wondered if, um, Saladin Ahmed, Ahmed had, uh, Ahmed, excuse me, had anything to do with what we see on the last page of that book, I mean, of this issue, without giving anything away, uh, we found that there, there may be some, there may be another super powered person in, um, in the Kamala's family, basically. <laughs> so I got a kick out of that, which, which, if you, which, Given what happens during the course of this book with that character, I kind of wondered already. Um, um, and, and and I don't know that may or may not be in the the um, you know, um, that they might not have have um, cemented that or not because there was one page in the book where that kind of started all this with the flood, and this character ends up in a predicament for a while. For a minute, and ends up well away from where he started from, you know. And I was like, "Wow, that 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 um, the kid traveled." But anyway, uh, <laughs> I know what you mean. I wasn't hundred percent sure how that actually played out. So because it's like, wait, I'm like, maybe they're not that light, and that's not. But yeah, but anyway. Well, regardless, it pushed the story along. So, but yeah, and it, and it definitely um, there was a community sense uh, going on here, you know, during the course of the story. And like you said, you know, uh, a lot of uh, Kamala's supporting characters got a little shine on it. So I enjoyed it for all of that. You know, just to see all of the people kind of come back. Well, most of the people, because I think there's one person who didn't come back, who didn't show up, but that person's in another country. Who's that? Um, Red Dagger. Oh yeah, I'm like, I'm like we saw Bruno. So no, no, yeah, 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 no, no, no. Everybody else was there. It's just that there's, you know, he's off with the champions, right? Wait, is Red Dagger with the tra- champions? Isn't he in the on that new roster, that expanded roster? Mm-hmm. No, Mm-mm. in that new champions number one, wasn't he in there? I don't remember seeing him on there. Now you're gonna look, but yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure he was there. Pretty sure he was there. I'll take your word for it. I'm not gonna look and just take too much time. Right, um, but in any event, um, all right. What's next? Is I think are we done with the past that we read? I believe we are. Yes. Okay. So you want to take a book real quick, and then uh, I'll take one. We might want to go into rapid fire because it looks like we both read a lot. Yeah, sure. Let's see. Let's see. Me and Dirt Red One, you and Dirt Red One, and I will go into, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Teen Titans Annual Number One. Okay. 
pardon me, excuse me. So, this is, so if you haven't been reading Teen Titans and probably Red Hood Outlaw, um, actually I haven't been read, reading Red Hood Outlaw, but I'm assuming that it, it kind of crossed over in there because some of us did. Uh, Damien's been working with Red Hood to try to find out some information about the other. And also Damien is, um, Damien, uh, well, that doesn't come out in, in this, but he also has a secret jail, but that's none of that comes out. But basically he, during the course of this, he thinks that the red hood portrayed him, which partially was the reason for, uh, the last issue of teen Titans, them going to the Batcave, which I think I talked about, um, last week, probably. Okay. Um, so, but because Damien went to go get something, um, which plays a part, a small part in this. So you have a standoff between, or you have a, well, it's not a standoff, but they basically Damien and Jason have a big fight, which weirdly enough, spoiler alert, Damien loses, um, which, huh, you know, arrogance aside and who knew that Jason was the better fighter. Of course, then again, he's bigger than Damon, so I mean, that's all this stuff. But regardless, it's written the way it was supposed to be written. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I said, Damon thinks that the Red Hood, that, that Jason's portrayed him, he goes after him and doesn't really go the way he planned. And that pretty much goes into, that pretty much ends that because, you know, the, the other is still out there doing whatever the other does, and we still don't know who that is, but we get sort of a hint of that during the last page of that uh story okay um and then we got like two backups the one dealing with the rest of the team dealing with a person if you look if you looked at it there was he looks strangely like a an x-men villain and i've already said in my notes so it's not it's not like i'm spoiling it similarly themed actually he's so he's an art here dude named uh, joystick he looks like arcades kid and apparently he has the uh, the ability to um, control people's minds if they touch them. Or, you know, control people if they touch them. So the team ends up thinking, you know, this is going to be easy win. Turns out not to be because uh, he turns, he this joystick person ends up taking control of arguably the most powerful person. And that ends up being a thing that happens. There's a Fortnite reference, which is the second one in the second issue because there was one in the... Um, in the um in the last issue so apparently the, the whoever the, the person writing this book must really like Fortnite or is likes timely references i don't know um and also a secret comes out during the course of uh that the back of the story that might that's probably going to play into the next episode or the next issue of the book dealing with um a possible love triangle between these teen heroes and uh, also boop okay yeah oh yeah and this joystick person seems to have a certain privilege or seems to think he has a certain privilege so that's something that could possibly be I don't know anyway but it was an interesting story I, I, I'm curious to, I'm still kind of curious because I don't think Teen Titans is ending I know Titans is I'm not sure if Teen Titans is actually ending though I have to see but it's going somewhere. Uh, so you can go ahead and drop a book on us, please. 
All right. So uh, the next book I'm going to talk about, and there's plenty to choose from because I read a lot this week. Um, the next book I'm going to talk about is something that I know Tim Dog and I both read. That's the Justice League Annual Number One that came out this week. Hmm. I slogged my way through this because it was a lengthy story, a and I understand. I understand why uh, we, you know, why Snyder, Snyder, and I think Tinian co-wrote this. Um, why they saved this for an annual? You know, we, we bemoan the fact that sometimes annuals don't count, quote unquote. But this is definitely one of those annuals that ca- that uh, incorporates the ongoing story and basically is the culmination of uh the last you know long running you know however many um story arcs that have been leading to the reveal of perpetua you know this is the entity that was um behind the source wall i'm not spoiling anything because you got to be at least a little bit up on um our conversation about justice league and some of the stuff that's been happening in um the team books in the just in the dcu in general um, this is a character that has been um, teased over the last few months, but this is uh, the big reveal. And, um, you know, bad things happen, you know, unexpectedly as uh, the heroes and the various hero armies basically um, are trying to uh, do their best to restore order to the universe but uh of course the legion of doom and brainiac come and muck up everything and uh guess what we now have perpetua on our hands so let's see where snyder and company go with this that's where this you know this issue uh uh leads and as i said it's nice that they used an annual the way they did they use the space that is contained within the pages of an annual, usually an extra sized issue to tell uh, the culmination of the reveal of Perpetua. So that's that. Alrighty then. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I haven't been keeping up with just like, so I don't, I don't know. Uh, so next up for myself would be, now do that in Ripper Fire. Um, I did already mention that one. West Coast Avengers number seven. Because at this point, I might as well go down the line. And then after this one, we can go, well, if you got one, unless you got one more, we can do rapid fire. But West Coast Avengers number seven. Um, so the team, short and sweetly, uh, in, ends up getting out of their predicaments. Thanks to the help of one Novar, a.k.a. Marvel Boy. Who just so happens to be who just so happens to be there uh, under the guise of Graviton for some reason because I guess he's um, he's on a mission of his own that he's mm-hmm. going to ask the team to get involved with. Folks, they made a reference. Uh, I'm just going to end it all by saying that, um, like I said. They get it out of this, and you know, Novar being there, being uh, Kate Kate Bishop's ex, is one little wrinkle that that happens during the course of this. But folks, they made a reference to a a um, 
highly addictive, very damnable song that is going around uh, as of late. One that which not a, that I remember seeing got five million views. I won't tell you. I won't sing it for you. There will probably be a caption of it on CB uh, caps in the near future. But you know of the song that has to do with an aquatic animal of the infancy sized. Oh yeah, sure. And they make a reference to it here. Do 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 do. do. Ah! <laughs> Damn it! Oh. We're gonna do that. But do, yes, yes. Do, 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 do. But yes, yes. <laughs> yes, they they make a reference to uh, yes that song, That's- folks. That's Which is done fun. done quite well, mind you. But I was like, okay, really? That they they really did this, huh? So, which you know, kind of dates this, this issue a little bit. But at the same time, hey, why not? You gotta have some fun with it. But that's, that's um. So what? I said that's high comedy. Yeah, that was, it was pretty good. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Oh yeah, and then we find a couple other. You know, like I said, there's another wrinkle going forward. Um, one probably going back to um. Kate Bishop's Hawkeye book, or two actually going back to a Kate Bishop's Hawkeye book. Okay, so there is. All right, um, I got one book left, and then we can go into rapid fire. Okay. All right, so uh, I wanted to talk about. I guess it's one of the event books on Marvel side. That's Age of X Men Alpha Number One. Um, just kind of reading straight from my notes. Now, here we are with Age of Apocalypse Part 2. Oddly, Marvel's not holding off on publishing the regular X-Men books as they did during Age of Apocalypse and replacing them with the Age of X-Men books. It seems like it's a bit of a cash grab. Um, When it comes to the story, X-Men has created a utopia for mutant kind, but as always, a utopia is fiction and is never as perfect as it seems. I'm not sure I want to buy into this entire crossover. I definitely bought all of Age of Apocalypse, but the other X-Books weren't available at the time. So writing the event out made much more sense uh, during uh, Age of Apocalypse because that was your ticket to X characters. So, All right. And uh, if we're going into Rapid Fire, we're going to spin up uh, the minigun this week. Uh, The Vulcan is in the shop for repairs, so... Here we go. Oh, mm. oh, wait. You wanted to do something else? Oh, think? never mind. No, 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 no. Here we go. Nice. You, you got, got, might want to oil that thing up a little bit, uh, but nevertheless, hey, new sounds, folks. Uh, so, yeah, rapid fire we're going to go into, and I actually, this might play off well with with uh, what you just did because I'm going to do X Force number two. Um, slightly, well, I don't know because I don't know much about it, but um, they let's put it this way: they do allude to to that story you just talked about. Uh, in fact, they, yeah, they I think they they alluded to what's going on in Uncanny. Uh, more specifically. Uh, during the course of this issue. So we still have X-Force in Transnia and some stuff got jumped off thanks to being in the right place at the wrong time. 
Um, the team themselves still have an issue with Young Cable, so there's that going on um, while they're fighting amongst uh, fighting the other people. Um, that being said, Ahab, um, whom we just saw from Spoiler Alert, Ahab from Extermination is still around, which we, if you've read Extermination, you knew he's still around because his ship, he got stranded here in this time. So he's in this country helping out, um, the, the new leader with mutant issues all the same time while trying to fix his own issues. By getting, you know, um, and there's some weapons thing going on and some whole lot of shenanigans. And the only other thing I can say is like, in the beginning, it was like, Sam's like, we're not killers. I'm like, yes, this X Force has always been killers from what I remember. So I was like, well, Sam's time with the Avengers must have uh, softened him up for him to say that because I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. recall, you know, that being the, the that being the case. Anyway, that was X Force. I was about to say, I was going to add, I think he's only going back to the very first iteration of X-Force. Probably. Yeah, and I thought about that too, but I was like, I know, I feel like he's been on a version the of... The killer X-Force. team? Yeah. I don't, think, I don't think so. Maybe not. I don't think so, because the killer teams were all um, bladed characters. Right, everybody but like him. <laughs> right. No, I mean, like, uh, like the, the killer teams were like the, the Wolverine-led team. I know, but that's what I'm saying. But everybody who's on the team now, with, with oh, exception exactly. of probably, like, I think Cable uh, was on that team. Right. With the exception of Sam also. Right. And uh, obviously Deathlock, but, you know, that's, you know. No, I think Deathlock was there. Was he? Um, for one of the runs. Huh. We've had this discussion before. Like, we were trying to figure out why he's around. And I'm like, no, he, he's been in an iteration of X-Force previously. So Okay. Well. There you go, then. So, yeah, there is that. So, they're still going through their thing. No boom boom this time. Um, And I'm going to go to Star Trek The Q Conflict number one, which uh, Dirt, I know, is also red. And I will say, I will go with Dirt's thing first and say that he said... It might be a little too formulaic, but it's so fun to see all the groups together. And Cisco sniffs out the time travel uh, in the best uh, in the best exchange in the book, and I agree with that that part because so so basically, it's Star Trek conflict uh, uh, contest of champions in a nutshell. Um, f- by some slight fault of Picard. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. So the Q and some other people are having uh, an issue, which is bleeding over into, um, which is bleeding over into normal space uh, and causing some havoc. So, you know, Picard being on a mission figures out that Q's involved with something, but you know, we didn't know what, you know, calls up Q they have a talk. Q gets the idea of saying, hell, wait, well, since you're so big and bad, you can fight for us. And that's where we get this whole thing where um, so we got Voyager new, Next Generation, uh, TOS, uh, um, uh, DS9, all of the groups are now together and they will be fighting uh, seemingly fighting each other to resolve the conflict, the the, the uh, conflict between Q and these other people. 
So I'm kind of on board for that because y'all know me. I love Contest of the Champions. And once I figured out, well, this is clearly what this is going to be, I think this this might work out decently. Um, and yeah, that's, that uh, exchange between uh, Picard and Cisco was uh was was pretty interesting so the only other thing i would say about that was like the time frame of this was was interesting at first because you don't because they're basically plucking all of the people out of time it looks like next generation takes the the where the the story started takes place around first contact Mm -hmm. and therefore sometime after voyager because there's they make references to you know Admiral Janeway, who didn't, who Janeway didn't become an admiral, admiral until after Voyager ended. Um, Captain Sulu, which was again, like I said, during the time of the movies, um, et cetera, et cetera, you know, stuff like that. So, and that Cisco had just gotten his cap- captaincy, which was like three years. Yeah, it was like three years in from from. Uh, I don't know. Was it like three, four years in from from DS9? Anyway, regardless, it was some ways in before you got. It was a little ways in before you got captains. So that can give you an idea of you know where they're pulling from, and of course TOS being TOS. So I'm hoping this this works out, and yeah, it is a little bit of formula, but hey, you know, it's 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 a deal. Talked about that a little too long. Um... Star Trek Next Generation IDW 2020 number one is my last book. And uh, so this is for IDW's 20th anniversary, and they've got a bunch of one-shots dealing with their various properties. And this is the Star Trek one. Um, Well, specifically the Next Generation one. And this basically takes place 20 years in the past before Picard became captain of the enterprise when he was he had just gotten to be captain of the stargazer and it is a story of how he and uh beverly met basically and uh them end up working together you know and picard has hair that's all you need to know it's a good story you know i'm not sure if it's a story like it's a story that may have been alluded that i know has been alluded to in next generation but i don't think it's actually been told and if it has, I don't remember it. But regardless, it is here in comic form. It's pretty good. And that is it for me. Okay. So, I am tweeting about the uh, Porzingis trade uh, that the Knicks did today. Sports ball. Because, you know, lots of my friends are asking me about it. And I figured I'd just put something out there on Twitter. Because you are the sports authority. Oh, they went bankrupt. But um, in any event, going back to uh, comics this week, uh, let's see, we covered the book I read that uh, PCN underscore Dirt also read. So, leading off in rapid fire, appropriately, is the Punisher number seven. Frank is still in prison in Bagalia at the hands of Baron Zemo. Uh, Matthew Rosenberg has pulled a character from a pretty deep dive into Punisher history to produce a way for Frank to possibly break out finally. The female Punisher. No, no. It was actually a pretty deep, deep, deep dive. Um, (laughs) Amazing Spider-Man number 14 is the next book. Uh, It's refreshing to see Chris Bacalo's art, especially with backgrounds. 
I've had my differences with Ryan Otley's work so far on this book. I found it refreshing to see a great artist step in and provide backgrounds. Um, Baco can get a little crazy with the page design, but when it is clear and easy to follow, it's a joy to look at. The story is building up to Craven's storyline, and it's picking up a lot of steam. Uh, we also get some crossover between Amazing and Friendly Neighborhood this week with more information regarding Aunt May's situation. The issue ends on a good cliffhanger. Oh, so that's where they put that. Okay. Some more of it. Hmm. Not all of it, but some more of it. Huh. Interesting. Okay. So there's a little bit more of a deep, uh, a deeper context for sure. what Aunt May's uh, current situation is. Sure. Captain America number seven. I like that Tanahasi Coates is breathing new life into the Brubaker run by forcing us to recall so much of what happened then and putting a spin on those characters and what is happening to Steve Rogers in this story. The only thing that broke my concentration was the owl using gat as slang for a gun. I'm pretty sure the owl has been around way too long to use that as slang. Or does the Marvel sliding timeline make the owl a product of the 90s, making his use of the term gat all the more plausible? <laughs> uh, get the gat, get him to wear high school from his house. Uh, he mentions it. So, in any event. Oh, uh, the, 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 so, well, there's news about this. But, uh, so, um, we can probably uh, the Detective Comics? On, on uh, Captain America. Okay. Uh, the next book I'm going to talk about is Detective Comics number 997. This was a fun issue that puts Batman almost on par with Mr. Miracle when it comes to being an escape artist. After all, they both learned from the same teacher, Thaddeus Brown, who features prominently in this story. Finally, we may have found out who is behind the crazy bat blob that has been hunting down all of Batman's mentors leading up to the big number 1000 issue extravaganza. Uh, we did the next two, next three... And I did the last one, Justice League Annual Number One. So I'm wrapped up with uh, my rapid fire. Uh, did you mention PCN underscore Dirt's feelings on Star Trek The Q? Uh, actually, wait, did I? Yeah, I did. I did. I did. Okay. But, I would. Okay. But I'll just have one more. Yeah. Right. I'll just bring up the the last one, which is Action Comics Number One Thousand Seven. Um, I skimmed this because I read uh, what PCN underscore Dirt actually said in his notes. Uh, Jimmy kissed a lizard person. And if you don't read it, you may have very, very different ideas of what a lizard person is. Um, I'll give you a hint in this. Cobra! But hey, not is Look, Talia goes many things, but the color of a lizard, that's just rude. No, it's definitely not that either. <laughs> um, fun! Uh, Bendis cannot write Lois, and there's a the, there's a scene in I this. It. I, there's a scene in this that I, I I want to revisit because of PCN underscore Dirt's uh, uh, critique of it. Uh, he says that's sad, and Leviathan is making a move. Leviathan, apparently, what is this book? So yeah, um, action is. I, I'm not 100 percent sure what to make of it at this point. Well, but I like Steve Epting's art. Right. I was about to say, actually, I can't believe that, you know, I, I, I would have to see what I, I'm curious as to why he thinks that Bendis can't write Lois or I'm, but I'm not that curious enough to really that find out. All right, but right. at the same time, eh, never mind. Um, so, yeah, I, but I think it has to deal with a particular interaction 
with uh, General Lane. Mm. So that's I, I, I'm wondering if maybe that's not. Um, I think that's the interaction that he's referring to, but it, it comes off very awkwardly. So that's that's why I, I, I understand where he's coming from when it comes to this. But I'd have to read the rest of the the books to get a firmer grasp on this particular criticism. Right. Because, I mean, because let's face it, some, there are some things Bendis cannot write, even though he does try and right. doesn't well. But at the same time, I don't know. So anyway, that is that. And yeah, there's some news about action comics in the newsletter on. So we'll okay. talk about All right. So are we headed for uh, Clicks of the Week? of the Week. Week, 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 week. Um, and yeah, I was kind of stalling into into saying all that too, because I have no idea what mine is. Uh, we can, you know, our, our co-hosts who are in absentia. Yes. Actually gave us their clicks of the week. So I can go and give out theirs while you give yours some thoughts. Um, first up, PCN underscore dirt chose Star Trek, the Q conflict number one as his click of the week for this week. Not a bad pick. I, I'm uh, kind of there. Okay. And uh, our very own Tim Dog 98 has chosen Justice League Annual Number 1 as his click of the week. And I definitely understand where he might uh, think that is worthy of click of the week for this week. Hmm. So, um, as for myself... I am going to choose, and, and, and oftentimes, ladies and gentlemen, you know I default to what I had the most fun reading. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go with Detective Comics number 997. Mm-hmm. Because it was a pretty entertaining read. Uh, Doug Monkey's doing a bang up job on art, and it was you know it was pretty fun to uh, to read a story about Batman uh, doing an escape artist routine. Okay, sounds good. Um, I think I actually may have landed on this one's kind of tough because that Miss Marvel was a good one. Um, West Coast Avengers could have had it except for that one reference. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, I'm not kidding that much. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But I think I am going to give it to um, Star Trek The Next Generation IDW 2020 number one. Okay. Yes. Like I said, whether that story had been actually brought up in full in Next Generation or not, which I'm almost certain it hasn't, um, it was a good one. And Q, Q conflict was definitely good this week also, but yeah, I don't know. Gotcha. All right. So we're going to uh, move along to our first ad read of the night. Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, 
go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. Um, and now we go into the news with cinematics. And I could have kept that screen right where it was. So we start off like we do uh, every time this week with a little hot cinematic news and that with... Oh, wow, interesting. Black Panther returning to theaters for free after Oscar noms and SAG win. So, um, I believe this is happening next week at the time of this recording. Yes, Disney said that the return of the return February 1st through the 7th, which is actually tomorrow right. at the time of this recording, um, will mark check the it start. Out this weekend. Yes, which will mark the start of Black History Month and tickets will be free. Uh, as a part of the initiative, the company said it is also giving a $1.5 million grant to support the United Negro College Fund, and that is awesome. Uh, it says here, the Black Panther is groundbreaking for many reasons, including the rich diversity of voices behind its success, and that is from Bob Iger, the Disney CEO. So, uh, without going too much further, that's awesome. Let me see. Disney insists there will be two showings per day at each theater. There are 25 in California, 6 in... Mm. Oh, okay. So, it's basically first come, first serve, looks like. So, yeah. which makes sense. And uh, the, the after all, the tickets were scooped up. A waiting list for cancellations were open, and details are on a particular site. So, hey, if you haven't seen it by now, you know, then there's your chance to see it for free during next week. If you don't already have it on DVD also or on Netflix. I was about to say, I mean, you know, I think the majority of us already have. Uh, yeah. But hey, know. the theater uh, experiences is still worth going to, you know. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. You know. Uh, next up. Next story is uh, Blockers is uh, Geraldine Vizwanathan or Vizwanathan. Uh, wants to play the MCU's Ms. Marvel. So after a social media campaign to get her cast as uh, the MCU's Ms. Marvel, a.k.a. Kamala Khan, apparently this actress is open to the idea. Hmm. Which, um, sure, I can, I mean, judging by this uh, picture we have on, if you're watching the video, you can see. Um, sure, I can see it. I, I Admittedly, I have had a more considerably controversial pick which I will not say um for a Miss Marvel but hey really mm-hmm. if I told you the name you it would you would you would you would definitely know why even if you knew the person you would know why it was controversial that okay. being said uh we're next gonna move up. along huh next up yes uh, Birds of Prey, who, who's who in the teaser trailer, in the teaser for the DC movie. So there was a teaser for um, the ridiculously long-named Birds of Prey movie um, that has already started that has already started uh, filming. So And he, this article lists who basically shows up in that said trailer. 
and I'm kind of scrolling through it. Um, if you're watching the video, so I'm not okay. going to go through all of that. Next, all right. Next up, uh, in relatively big news, the Batman is going to come to theaters in summer 2021, and Ben Affleck is passing the torch to the next generation of Bruce Wayne. So, um, Matt Reeves is still attached as writer and director, but uh, Ben Affleck is not going to be returning. Which has been a big back and forth also um, on that front, you know, and also where this is going to be placed. It sounds like there may be a more of a may or may not be more of a noir tone to this um, to this movie. They don't even have a title yet. But I mean, you know, 2021 is a is a far ways away. It's still a, a length of time away. Right. Um, so next up. Um, from one bat to the other, Batwoman casts three major characters. Three! Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> um, according to Deadline, uh, Megan Tandy of Jane Bar Design and Team Wolf Fame, Cameras Johnson for Luke Cage, I don't know who that is, um, and Nicole Kang from You have all boarded the fall, uh, the forthcoming Arrowverse series in lead roles. They will play Sophie Moore, Luke Fox, huh? Okay, and Mary Hamilton, respectively. Okay. Yeah. Next up. Alrighty. Next up, there is a new look at Krypton's Lobo. So, uh, actor Emmett J. Scanlon has provided fans another look at himself, decked out as the alien bounty hunter Lobo, as the buildup towards his debut in season two of Siffy's uh, Krypton Continues. Yes, and you can see the picture, pale face picture of him here. Okay. Yeah. Weird. Uh, next up, speaking of Krypton, season, Krypton season two teaser devised the House of L. I haven't been keeping up with that show, so I have no idea what's going on. But I guess this is where the house becomes divided and Game of Thrones happens. If it had, <laughs> which, uh, from what I understand, the show kind of already has. But eh. okay, I don't know. Alrighty, next up, uh, spoiler alert: <laughs> DC comic book Easter eggs may tease a future Flash storyline. So, uh, the Flash television show may have just dropped the... Oh, wait, the Flash book? Is that what it is? This No, this is the show. The show. Oh, okay. So, the Flash show may have just dropped a major hint about its upcoming storylines. Um, in the latest episode entitled Memorabilia, uh, Barry and Iris toured the Flash Museum uh, when they visited their daughter Nora's subconscious. So, uh, they walked past two real-life flash comics while they're in there which may tease pieces of the show's future yes and not going to go into it because it's a lot of spoilerific stuff yeah but and if you're not up on flash it's not even going to make any difference to you <laughs> right um, and i'm going to skip past this what you see on the thing and say that see teen uh, excuse me see titans donna troy actor in full wonder girl costume okay uh, and here we go. There you go. There she is. Slightly looking like um um old girl from um Two Broke Girls. 
Minus the S. Let me stop. Um, oh, no. Connor Leslie's Donna Troy in action with her lasso and explain how she left her Amazon life and her superhero career. I have not caught up on Titan, so yeah. I'm going to try. Oh, yes, because now you have DC Universe. <laughs> yes, and yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Just to inter- interrupt the news section for just a quick second, I've been chosen to. Uh, I guess review the service, so I've got um, access now to DC Universe, so that is pretty cool. Yeah, that's probably the thing I should have been doing while I've had this thing, but that was which was the the, the initial point, which we kind of talked about it, but we kind of did some things. But yeah, there's still some things to to go into it with. Uh, also worth noting that um, Reign of the Superman is now out on uh, DC Super uh, DC Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you haven't gone to the theater or bought the um, the digital or the or the Blu-ray of it, you can see it there. That's the plan. Yeah, I know. I, I still need to watch uh, Death of... Because um, I didn't watch it because I was like, wait a minute, just, I, just in case it was leading up from the, uh, the other stuff like that's been going on. Right. But anyway. Um, next up. Next up. Uh, Rucka and Southworth Stumptown is getting an ABC TV pilot. So writer Greg Rucka and artist Matthew Southworth's creator-owned Oni Press title Stumptown is being adapted for television with a pilot in development at ABC, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Yes. Uh, cool. Another, another comic book to, see, to TV show, and that's a whole other conversation right there. Sure. Um, and speaking of... Comics to TV shows, Invincibles, uh, excuse me, Robert Kirkman's animated series lands Mark Hamill, Steven Yoon, and more. And looks like one Zazie Beats is the and more they're, they're speaking of, um, partially. So apparently, Invincible is going to be uh, on the sc- on the TV screens as I guess what is it? Yeah, voice cast. So it's going to be animated. So. Um, as an animated, excuse me, Amazon Studios original series, Mark Hamill, Stephen Yoon, Seth Rogen, Sandra O, oh, J.K. Simmons, Zazie Beetz, as aforementioned, Jillian Jacobs, uh, Andrew Reynolds, and a bunch of other people. Um, ooh, Katara's gonna be on there, great. Um, a bunch of other people, notable and less known that I know of anyway, are going to be on that show. Um, it's and it's going to arrive in in twenty twenty. All righty, and uh, last up in cinematic news for this week, a live action Hot Wheels movie <laughs> is now in development at Warner Brothers. So a live action Hot Wheels movie is in development, uh, according to Variety. Will it be fast and or furious, or will it be gone in sixty seconds? You be the. Judge. Oh no! My question is why? Which again goes back to the aforementioned uh, conversation about wild, you know. And this is not even comics, really. Well, there have been Hot Wheels comics or you know related comics, but why? Oh. I don't know. It's going too far, folks. That's all I can say. <laughs> but, um... All right, so we're going to transition over to comic book news? We are definitely so. Okay. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. <laughs> all right, so we're going to uh, transition over. 
Yes. News um, and our first story is that's not our first story that Bruce Springsteen met the Transformers. No, our, but however, if you are, uh, if you when you do see the the, the show notes, uh, the the link to. The show notes should be on the link to the podcast, hopefully. Uh, and you will see such stuff in the clickbait session. It's good stuff in there. You should go check it out. And also, more solicits for April 2019 have, have sprung up. Okay. Uh, speaking of which, uh, XO Mana War is relaunching with a new series. Um, from the Valiant Universe, XO Mana War is slated to hit comic stands this fall in a new ongoing series. Yeah. It's after the conclusion of the current title from writer Matt Kent. None of us have been reading re- uh, Valiant stuff, so... Right. Sorry. Um, speaking of DC Universe, DC Universe comic book library doubles in size, finally. Folks, we have complained... Well, we have noted, uh, not some of it could be themed as a complaint, that the comic book library of DC Universe has been middling at best if not on the smallest end. As we have said, they were didn't even have... Uh, they had, like, one issue of event book. You don't do that. Hmm. But now they have done... Well, now they have filled it up, and uh, in the next few weeks, they will be doubling the size of their comic book outcroppings, um, and they actually have filled in the rest of the... Um, or at least the two... Uh, event books that I was interested in catching up on, they have actually filled those out. So, yay. Gotcha. Alrighty, next up. Uh, Saladin Ahmed dips his toes into the DCU with Bizarro. So, so yes, that is from this week's uh, Mysteries of Love in Space number one that came out and um... Uh, none of us have read it this week. I was, was going to check it out, but didn't have a chance to. But apparently, yeah, he's doing a bizarre story in that uh, in that anthology. Ah, so this could be some speculation that uh, maybe he's getting some work over DC, possibly more work over DC. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, next up, first look at um, speaking of G Willow. Um, First look at G. Willow Wilson's second arc of Wonder Woman. And out is, today. Or yeah, out this week. Out this week, that's correct. Uh, so yeah, uh, this basically this uh, story goes, uh, basically talks a little, bit, a little bit about the first arc, and I believe it goes into an interview with... No, it does not. It just basically talks about some stuff in the second arc, which we won't uh, give away, because one, I'm sort of behind in that book. Okay. Um, so, but yes. I, right. I hear good things about this uh, her run. No surprise. You're gonna have to catch up on it. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, DC is sending Young Justice number one and Naomi number one back for a second printing. Yes. So these are books off of the new DC imprint Wonder Comics. So it looks like they want to get more copies of these two number one issues back on the stand for uh, to meet, uh, I guess, uh, demand. Yes. Uh, so I know we talked about Young Justice number one when it came out a couple of weeks ago. You were not on the show. I don't know have you, if you had a chance to read it yet, or were you even interested in reading it? Actually, I should. Yeah. I may have picked it up. I don't believe I finished it. Mm, okay. So, and the reason why I mentioned it outside of this um, story is because while we talked about it, there were some questions that we had because I okay. think I had at the time I had read it and dirt 
who had not read it at the time was curious whether he was going to pick up. I don't know if he's read it yet or not, but there were some questions about continuity and apparently what's come out after the, the fact was that this is in continuity. Okay. Which raises, which brings the questions up even more that I had. And we both had uh, while we were talking about it. Um, I would say spoilers because you know it's a couple of weeks old book, but yeah, the the Robin in this book is a, is of a question as to how and why and what, but nevertheless, okay. we will probably talk about it again when Young Justice number two, right, uh, comes back up. So next up, right, okay. Um, oh wait, before hmm. we go to the next, before we go to sorry, before we go to the next one, I did want to bring this up. I didn't put it in the thing, but um, I don't know if you know the story. Iconic New York uh, comic book store St. Mark's is going out of business. Yes, sadly. we don't. Yeah, we don't normally cover a whole lot of this stuff. Normally, that's Bleeding Cool who does a whole lot of that. Uh, but apparently, I've seen this one on Twitter come up uh, on a, in a few different places. No, it hit some of the um, uh, it hit some of right. the. Uh, mainstream sites as well right. hit social media and is also the talk of uh, the local comic book shops on Wednesday this week so you know much about that shop uh, yes I've, I've frequented it before I don't you know I'm not a, I wasn't a pull list or anything like that but uh, St. Mark's is always one of those you know growing up before I committed to a pull list if something was sold out at a shop that you normally free that I normally frequented, I might scour like certain stores in the city, and St. Mark's is one of them. Mm. Gotcha. Um, understood. No, well, sorry, sad to see your store going, but there's been a, there's definitely been plenty of those going around lately. Right, it's, it's uh, right. It sucks because they actually had a good amount of longevity. They've been in business for the better part of thirty five years, so they were there pre. Uh, comic book boom, right? And they survived the speculator boom of the mid of the the early nineties. Yeah, there's a couple of places that's been around roughly that long here that's kind of bit it, and it's like wow. So the place I go to, and uh, maybe one or two other places, is the only places left, and it's kind of getting ridiculous. Right. I mean, you know, New York City doesn't have too much to complain about. We literally have sure. three branches of Midtown Comics in Manhattan. Um, it's sometimes the outer boroughs that are lucky enough to get um, uh, mom and pop shops that open up, but whether or not they last is another story. Right. So there is that. Um, there's a clickbait I'm going to get to, but we'll do that after the, the thing. Right. So our next story, back to uh, comic book news. Yes. Uh, Doomsday Clock. Gary Frank shares a deleted scene from the DC event. How about not deleting scenes and getting this book out? <laughs> How about let's finish Sorry. this darn thing up? Yeah, right? Sorry. So yeah, it's already right. delayed, and it suffers more delays. And I remember joking with PCN underscore dirt about whether or not this book would finish, the series would finish in 2019. <laughs> um, we're already in February almost, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, what is it, like halfway through, right? It's a little bit more. I think there's like four issues left, I think. I yeah, I don't know. So it's a 12 issue, so 9, 10, 11, 12 is what's left. Sure. So, um, apparently, there's an unused scene from the upcoming issue number nine, and he uh, and Gary Frank uh, tweeted this out mm. to is, uh, his followers. Yeah, which is always weird to talk about a deleted scene in a comic book, but right, you know, yeah, there's always stuff that gets scrapped, so that's not outside the realm of possibilities. And uh, he also apologized for the delays on his Twitter and as and when he posted this stuff, also. 
next up, uh, examining the hints for DC's Leviathan event by Bendis and Malieve. So, the uh, um, Action Comics one, uh, one, 1007 was this week, which is started in that whole Leviathan ring, apparently. And uh, this article gives a little bit of, um, throw some hints out there from this week and some other stuff about, I guess, going into the, the event. According to Bendis, he said last week that the Leviathan event will be monumental to the DC universe, quote-unquote. Uh, let's, then, sure, whatever. Okay. Next. Next up. Uh, even DC <laughs> is getting in on those shaggy memes. So, now, this isn't, this isn't, keep in, keep, uh, bear, bear in mind, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, this, this does not involve shaggy or any um, <laughs> no not that shaggy modern right or any modern reggae style music we are instead referring to uh hey scoob uh you know hey that, scoob yeah that particular shag yes so which i'm not sure when i know i've seen some of the memes in the last week or so and i don't know when or why that started yeah, uh, up until you know Matthew Lillard, who played the the live action version of, Sh- of Shaggy, got into it to a point. Zoinks! Yeah, I think he was like, "Really, stop doing this," or something like that. He said, "I don't know if it was in relation to the the memes or something." But I've seen some of the memes, and it's like, where where did this come from, and why? But anyway, like the, like it says, uh, DC got into the act uh, by saying, you know, by tweeting out from their DC Kids uh, Twitter. And I think I saw, actually saw this tweet. It's uh, and it says here, if you're watching the video, hope we thought the S stood for Shaggy, Zoinks. Hashtag shaggy. shaggy, yes. <laughs> Which and of course, there's uh, um, the cover of uh, Scooby Doo Team Up from I think it's fairly recent. Uh, I want to say, goodness so, gracious. So yeah, that whole Shaggy means going around. I uh, I don't know what is going on. <laughs> okay. Next. Um, next up, X Force brings a major X Men threat back to the Marvel Universe. So, so in this week's, this yeah, in this week's X Force, uh, the character called Ahab, the future mutant hunter, is reintroduced into the book. Yeah. So, blah blah. Uh, Spider Woman leads Marvel's new female superhero team, and this is kind of spoilers for Captain America number seven. Right. This I did not want to mention because it's, you know, I want to see where this goes. I thought this was a pretty cool story, though. Yeah, but um, I will say that what is called the the Daughters of Liberty, I believe is what they're right. called. Right. Yes. Um, and I wanted to ask about, because this, this mentions a certain death of a certain person whom I think I brought up in a, a uh, the recent Hulk book as being questioned. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to ask you about it, but it may be too. No, you've got it. That's exactly that's exactly on the nose. There's not much to it. Okay, it's a framing. You know, that's really all it is. So I mean, you literal, it sounds like a literal flame framing. Right, it is a framing. <laughs> so you know, it's it's a frame job. So gotcha. Uh, we will see where this goes. Okay, but is the character actually? We don't know. Oh, okay. Like you said, given given that this character has appearances across the MU. Um, it's hard to know whether or not this is real. Right, because, yeah, I think he also shows up in um, Avengers. So. Right. Anywho, okay, that's the thing. Uh, Peter David's response to Bill Mayer's Mayer, I don't care. Uh, yeah. Comic book insults is perfect. Um, 
so yeah, Bill Maher has been out there flapping his gums again because it's low hanging fruit, and people will will um will will go back at him about it. Which uh, you know what? Don't give him any kind of don't feed the trolls. Thank people. you. Yes, don't give him any kind of he'll she'll shut up. That's the reason why he keeps going after comic book folks. But anyway, Peter David um weighed in on it. Um, and it says here, Bill Maher has informed us both on Twitter and again last night that comic books are for kids and that fans <clears throat> of them are basically stunning individuals who are unable to accept adulthood. So let's talk about fans. Fans love to argue. They are particularly big on arguing who their heroes can defeat and periodically they gather in large crowds, seeing numbering, uh, sometimes numbering of 50,000. They pay ridiculous injury fees to get in and many of them dress up like their favorite uh, favorites. You know what? It goes on. I won't go too much. Right. Than this, but basically, he has a lengthy statement about uh, about this. It's well-reasoned. It's well-put it's, together. It definitely is. Um, it's, at the end of the day, another argument for it's not about arrested development so much as it is looking for joy in, you know, the the the, the grind of daily adult life. And the only rest of development is, you know, Bill Maher and his stupidity. Right. And not understanding that this is art. Uh, oh, no, I think he probably right. does. He just doesn't care because he's looking for he's looking for attention. That's too. That's all. That's- so moving right along. Uh, Mike Grell's Maggie the Cat returns. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Um, so, Mike, uh, writer artist Mike Grell has plans to re- revive his creator own title, Maggie the Cat. Not to be confused with Omaha the Cat Dancer. Um, there's a reference for another one. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> don't look that up. Uh, and finish the storyline that has been on hiatus for 23 years. According to 13th Dimension, um,. Grello reportedly plans to raise funds for the series via Kickstarter beginning in March and self-published the final two issues of this image comic book from 1996. All righty. And then it just goes into the, the what a person or who this person is. Gotcha. And lastly, um, the first full issue of Submerged, a book by Vita Ayala and Lisa Sterl, uh, sure. uh, is available... And the uh, book is also available this week. Uh, it uh, came out this week. Okay. So the collection released on January 30th. So that was yesterday. Mm-hmm. So if you are um, um, interested in that book and that creative team, you can go check that out and, you know, go buy our books, their book. Um, so that ends the news. I wanted to bring up something real quick from the clickbait. Go ahead. While I queue up our last ad read. Indeed. Um, so people around the corner or around the country in certain places, most notably, I guess up your way. I don't know. But th- th- hey, there's a cold snap, folks. Um, yeah. There's a cold. There's a, the, and, Midwest uh, yes. stretching into the northeast. Yes. Uh, and it's cold around the country, mind you, but it's colder. It is apparently what we found out from like PC and underscore dirt and a couple other people. Uh, it is it's really cold. Like, like it's beyond brick. below zero. Yes. Right. If cold. you thought it was colder than beyond brick, that is what it is. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Brick would be the, the, uh, the term. Definitely. So, 
Um, Nuzarama in their in their I guess infinite wisdom brought up a story about uh, remembering comic books most infamous snowstorm which is um, an issue of Alpha Flight where Snowbird uh, not to be confused with Snowguard who probably has a similar power set uh, fights the snowstorm as a bear let that wash over you for a little bit Oh, I remember this. This was um like the um, she was fighting like an elder basically one of the great beasts. Beast. Yeah, she yeah, was that... one of the great beasts and uh and things didn't go quite that well been doing so. She I was gonna up... say, those those great beasts were pretty powerful if I recall. Like right. this was not, you know, something to uh sneeze at. Right. According to this, uh, during his fight with Snowboard, uh, Kalamak, who's a great beast, decides to get nasty and summons up a massive blizzard, blinding Snowbird and forcing her to use her shape-shifting powers to, powers to take form of a white bear, which some of us would call a polar bear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, if you, it says here, if you're following along, you've realized now that Alpha Flight Number Six's big climax is a scene where a big, uh, where a white bear fighting in a star in a snowstorm, and that is exactly what Burnt, John Byrne drew. So you can go seek that out if you wish to. No. It's it, from what I remember, it's pretty funny. Yeah, because there's not much to each page. Right. I vaguely remember as I vaguely remember this. Because it is pretty much the most, some would say, sparse art that you could possibly do. But at the same time, you know, outside of lettering and whatnot. And actually, if you're watching the video, you can see the pages, some of the pages. It's <laughs> quite amusing. Like, what are we going to put this? I don't know. It's, it's in the store storm. We don't have to put anything. But anyway, that's comics, folks. Yeah, stay warm out there, people. Uh, there's still maybe another day of the harsh cold, although I think the... The harshest has already passed, but uh, it's mm. still pretty cold out. Indeed. Um, our last ad read for the night is for Amazon. Help keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, toys, etc. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. And as we wrap up this here show, I will also say, hey, go look at the clickbait section again, because you could also see, speaking of John Byrne, take, uh, take people through a store of his studio, which, you know, would delight some people who, who get into that kind of stuff. It's actually kind of neat to see people's studio, so I'm not kind of... Sure. Um, that being said, folks, this is the end of this here uh, episode... 299, folks. We have done 299 of these episodes, which means the next one is 300, and we have nothing planned. <laughs> that is a sad state of affairs, folks. Um, maybe something will happen. Maybe not. Maybe we get the the, the, the crew back together. Uh, uh, the, oh, I don't know. We shall see. 
You know, but we have, yes, we have no absolute plans except for the fact that we will be back here next week for said episode. And until then, agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> okay. uh, PC and underscore dirt on, at Twitter, popculturenet at Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, I need commas.com, that new toysmail.com. Tim, D O G G 98 on Twitter, the Click Nation on Twitter, that's the K L I Q N A T I O N on Twitter, CB Cron on Twitter, the Click Nation.com, and Comic Book Resources. He doesn't own Comic Book Resources, he just writes a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and myself, Roddy Cat. Uh, Roddy Cat on Twitter. No underscore like some of these fine fellows. Uh, News Nurse Need on Twitter. Uh, News Nurse Need Reddit. CB Caps on Instagram. And of course, you can find this here program on the 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 CSPN. That's the Coast Leather Podcast Network at CSPN.us. Uh, shout out to Matt Wang, who says he just got off a flight from, from San Francisco. So yep. glad you're back home safely. Exactly. Oh, he's me. No, he says he's on a flight back from, from San Francisco. So he's not home yet. So get home safely. Safe travels. Safe yes. travels. Um, so whenever he hears this or sees this, you know, you'll get to it. Uh, but you can subscribe to this here podcast like he and surely others have done on Google Play. Apple, um, why did I change that? Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts. You can go to SoundCloud. I'm um, me. Uh, well, you can go to SoundCloud, the, Sound, the Cold Slither page, but you can also go to Spotify, which we are on. Mm-hmm. And check us out there. Uh, go give us some listens, some spins. And oh, and don't forget to leave ratings on uh, iTunes if you do, if you use iTunes for sure. And well, yeah, no, they don't. Uh, Spotify doesn't have that, but yes, do that. Do that definitely, and Google Play. Actually, you can you can um, also leave a leave a rating for us there. Uh, shop that five stars. Five stars. Yes. Forget to add that. Five stars. Yes, yes. Be nice, and yeah, don't and don't be like five stars. This thing is ish. No, that's not how we roll. Come on, man. Give us give give us something good. I'm not gonna sit here and say we're gonna like. I know there are other places that say, hey, we will we will we will read them because I don't usually have iTunes up, so I'm not promising that at all. But I'm just saying, go there, be nice, you know, give us some good ratings, five star preferably if you would like to. Fours, you know, if you just like us. Anyway, um, that concludes the show for tonight. We will be back next week. It'll be 300 episodes. We probably won't have anything. It would be nice if we did, but who knows? We will figure it out, folks. Yes. Um, but until then, this is the Combo Chronicles. And uh, have a good night, folks. Stay warm. Peace. One. What's wrong with the Click Nation video? Oh god, I hate you so much right now. Oh, it's so awesome! <laughs>